0: Hey everyone, this is Cameron coming back in, uh, your DM for the last episode here of of my arc that's been going on. I've I've decided the name of this arc in the last episode. I hope you guys are ready. This arc is named Head in the Clouds, and that's it. That's the name of the arc. Where's the head? Wow. It's, I mean, it's everybody. (laughs) it's in the title it's the opposite actually
1: it's yes head the real head was the friends we made along the way got it (laughs) nice
0: absolutely but welcome back everyone to the forever dms Uh, i i hope you guys are not skipping episodes and have fully caught up at this point to this arc because we have a doozy ahead of us uh, and i'm very excited to get going tonight
1: uh yeah to continue our line of introductions uh driving an hour round trip just to beat cam's ass i'm evan
0: <laughs> I feel like just is the more that was the, that was the funniest. part. Yeah, I, honestly. You know, what, like just to beat cams ass. I I think tier list wise, yeah, it's probably lower. I mean look, that's everybody's. an hour and
1: two minutes out of my day. All right. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> Do you think it would take two <laughs> minutes to beat my ass? <laughs> is that all it takes? Yeah.
2: All right. It yeah, got me thinking I'm starting to break down like ass beating metrics.
1: Yeah, Ooh. I mean like let's talk D terms, right? Like each round is six seconds. So that's about ten yeah. rounds of me hitting you with unarmed strikes.
0: No, that's a minute. <laughs> yeah. It would be it'd be twenty rounds, which well, honestly Matt goes minute, to give me some credit. A
1: that's minute a to bludgeon
0: right? you yeah.
3: and then
1: another minute to like wipe my fist off.
0: Damn. All right. That's better.
3: Yeah, that is. Uh getting up from the ground of that uh beautiful introduction. Uh this is Eli. Uh feeling 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 full of love. Uh, you know, uh with with beautiful cam at the helm. Uh this is this is Eli, you know. Just feeling good.
0: Get off just, that uh, ground,
3: Eli. Dust yourself off. Get off that
0: ground. Get off oh, yeah. that ground. Unlike
1: Cam. All.
0: Unlike me. <laughs> Stay down. <belongs laughs> down there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Face down in the family guy death
0: pose. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. My arm is awkwardly behind my back. The
2: mm-hmm. one arm, one knee is bent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course. Just oh in a God. weird angle. Uh, nice. I play one card face down and end my turn. Tom. Oh, 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 <laughs> whoa,
1: whoa! A break in rhythm. Oh my goodness! They're usually your move, like,
2: Cameron. Are you? I, it's, are you oh, the face down card. Because
1: uh, normally you you are the creature in your Ovidigs. Ooh, mm, that is
2: the True. trick, isn't it? With a face down card. Oh, oh my goodness! Dude. Tom is now evolved
0: <laughs> to an Eldritch Horror who plays Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> it's my I, goodness! I, I Your know move, of <laughs> Guys, I, know I feel like we,
3: of we, we should uh, we should probably like do something, right? I, I no, don't know.
1: Nonsense. This
0: is nonsense? definitely something. This All is right. definitely
3: something. All right, thanks. But thanks. Feel who like wants to validated.
0: who wants to go over uh, the stairway to heaven episode uh, we just had?
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> is it me? <laughs> I feel like I'm due. I, I like suppose I should bite
1: the no. I, th- I feel like I yeah? should bite the bullet as the perpetrator of the fucking the breeze that took so goddamn long. Uh after making it into the mountain, our our, our heroes uh found themselves trapped in a, a kind of a surprising jungle biome uh, that stretched for a sizable distance and in the center was this large step pyramid, like um Aztec step pyramid or or uh, Central American, not not your Egyptian pyramids. Uh And so after a short trip through a jungle, avoiding some various encounters uh, with some some high rolls on our part and some low rolls on cams, uh, we made it to stairs. Um, A fun staircase that I personally thought was a lot longer than it actually was uh, and took us a solid 45 to an hour to scale, uh, (laughs) even though it should have taken all of maybe 10 minutes. Uh and we had some fun with Alistair going ahead and triggering the traps, uh, as uh Ash stayed back and slowly dragged Fred up the stairs piece by piece. Eventually we made it to the top, uh, after a short conversation between Bone and Alistair, which revealed just a tad more of Ash's history. Uh and we found this I don't know what to describe it. I guess Chamber works, but that doesn't feel exactly right. Uh, like Pavilion.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. I think Pavilion was- is a good one.
1: Yes, I, was, I knew it was something with P that I was looking for. Uh, we found this beautiful pavilion with a, a quartet of statues and a giant seashell with a conch, 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 uh, in the middle, uh, which seemed to be encased in gears. After a little bit of investigation and a little bit of uh, perceiving and some various skill checks to garner information on the area, we decided handedly to maybe not touch the conch as it was surrounded by gears, uh, and instead. Got a grasp on looking at the fourth statue, which had at the beginning of our journey into this region or into this specific room I should say uh had eluded our vision and finally getting a glimpse of it uh we caught sight of someone that we'd as yet only heard about in myth uh and I believe that brings us back to where we are now,
0: yeah, more or less it was i do have to say it was two natural twenties uh hmm. that brought you guys all the information that you got, which was awesome. Um,
3: mega Fred's Crumbs.
0: And as you looked at the etching (laughs) and started to converse what you guys had discovered, it was then that you heard the voice of none other than Edel speak up from behind you guys, someone that uh, highly, like you said, was only myth until just now. And that's where we're picking right back off. So, Edel, the initial time and space engineer of this world stands before you. They wear a ragged hooded robe, neutral-toned grayish green, and an oxygen mask that is connected to their backpack. Their eyes seem to look through you as if they are barely even present in their gaze. An everlasting stare that isn't a thousand-yard stare as much as it is a multi-dimensional one. Their yellow eyes swirling like a whirlpool of gold. They invite you to gaze even deeper into them. And they hold themselves at a shorter stature, about five six. They wield no visible weapons before you. Their skin is completely covered head to toe in fabrics of all kinds, allowing no understanding of their skin color. You get a familiar sensation rush through your body, Alistair, as this person's inherent power and commanding presence is similar, if not surpasses, that of Nua. Something about them, though, strikes you all as odd. As physical as they appear in front of you, there's some sort of unpinnable essence about them, as if they are as much there in front of you as the air that you breathe. You know it's there, but your senses don't allow you to receive the full picture. Suddenly, their image glitches, and you see a horrifying reflection of yourselves, eyeless and stuck in an impossibly contorted face of agony, and as fast as it appeared to you, the image glitches back to that of Adele. They speak to you in a voice, radiates an even more familiar presence. A presence similar to that of Yggdrasil. It speaks to you. Firstly, it is no easy task finding this place. I must inquire how you all managed to locate and identify this artifact? I thought I had erased all knowledge of it from history. It should have been impossible for you to have tracked this down. How did you do it?
4: Um, yeah, there um, there was just a really old ghost man, and um, he kinda just, you know, lives and a die. You're gonna you're gonna
0: sell me out like that? You're just gonna sell me out to this guy? You're not gonna have my back, Fred?
4: What what do you mean, man? I just you know, that you wanted to know, so you Don't know.
0: snitch, man. Ugh, fine, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can't kill me again, I guess. Well, uh,
4: yeah. And not only that, but like why why would he want to kill you? You're just, you know, you're you're a ghost. You can't do anything.
0: Uh you see you see he kinda like is kinda like eyeing you for a second? Their eyes squint as they try to Comprehend what you're meaning, and then almost as if like just full recognition hits at the exact moment where uh, you stop conversing with uh, Nigel Strawberry. They go, "Yes, I suppose accounting for a millennia-old ghost pirate hidden in a cursed die was something that I overlooked. That is something that won't happen again. Thank you for being forefront with that knowledge. Um, I do have more questions before any of yours, if you don't mind. The moment you step, world." I was aware of your presence, but I couldn't infiltrate your ships due to interference of your own time and space engineers. I've only been able to watch you in between your destinations. And as they say this, their form shifts from their current true form to that of Debbie, the Warforged Secretary, who blows a kiss towards Fred. Then, just as uh, quickly as the form changed that time, it changes again to the form of referendum. From the uh, little anime arc that you guys had in the tournament. (laughs) And finally, perhaps most shocking and devastating of all, you see the form of straight Bussin flash you a (laughs) smile.
2: Oh, not Bussin.
0: Hey, don't worry, man. I'm still not a snitch. And snaps back to that of Adele. Last I saw you all, you had left the Mechanist Oasis. I was curious... Where you would end up flying, given that you were pretty vocally against the Jean-Paul. But I never expected you would end up here of all places. Well, yeah, man. I'm kind of just, like, you know, curious. Sure. But is there a reason you came here rather than, I don't know, try to take care of either of the dragon siblings? Well...
2: Again, it seems more like a balance issue more than anything. I mean, one of them wants to kill the other. They both honestly want to kill each other. Just Both of them involve bloodshed, and both of those are pretty bad options. So yes. Also,
1: they seemed pretty strong, and honestly, journeying to a jungle and finding an artifact seemed easier than fighting a god.
4: I mean, there's also that, but I wasn't gonna say it. I, w- I will. And then, like, you know, it's it's also, like, you know, making making like everyone's, you know, together, you know, and Making sure that, like, there's not, there's not unneeded, more, like, more unneeded bloodshed.
0: Because, like, it's all about the love, man. And I believe we're all on the same page. I also agree with you. I find that unnecessary bloodshed is barbaric. And that these two are stuck in a war that might go on for perpetuity if not interrupted. And that's what I seek to do eventually. But, as of right now, my powers are a little limited, uh, as I try to keep control of this world from... Well, I'll get to that. But just know that I don't think we're necessarily at odds here. Well, yeah. That kind of makes sense. I I mean, like, you know, you don't seem to be angry. Why would I? I? You have done nothing wrong. In fact, as far as I'm aware, you've all just been following a guide, for lack of a better term.
2: That's a pretty fair point. Yeah, but... I mean, we did just stumble upon your millennia-old artifact, and, I mean, from the looks on these two's faces, it seems like they kind of blew the plot wide open.
0: Yes, the plot was indeed <laughs> blown wide open. It it definitely, I can see it in their eyes. It's similar to mine. Sips wine? Nice. <laughs> Tom, Alistair just has, like, a, a wine glass out of nowhere. <laughs>
2: Where would this even come from? Hold on.
0: <laughs> you see, Adele pops out a bottle and hands each of you a glass and just starts pouring. Yeah, just might as well share a drink.
2: Oh, shit. Time's weird again, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it's always been weird here. Uh, I know where you all come from. You come from the same place as the crack, And to be fair, they're the ones who saved our world some time ago. So it's strange to me that more people would show up from that place in fact i i see i see a difference between your your pasts and theirs it's strange it's at odds but again still from the same place i can't pinpoint it so forgive me but what is your intention
1: well i i feel like two groups coming from the same progenitor uh and being at odds should not be unusual considering the nature of your entire world right now. Uh two siblings dueling each other with conflicting ideas, but same, whatever. Uh we are here because uh the natural flow of time was disrupted.
4: And that's generally not good. See uh, wait a second. You? I'm I'm thinking about it, right? And like, you know, Time, time, man's kind of kind of interesting to ask the question because, like, cause like, you know, why why were we here? Because, like, I feel like this place is kind of balanced already.
2: Well, no, but I mean, I suppose it is, but in a real shit way. You get that, right, Fred? Like, the oh, surface yeah. is a blasted hellscape of fire and giant monsters, and then the sky is full of bitchy dragons and pirates. So, like, mm. and like, the surface is actively withering away while the people up in the towers continue to exist. Like, all this
1: And on a grander scale, the time we were sent here to uh, ideally correct, uh, does not function as it is supposed to. Yeah, people need to actively devote themselves to the study of arcana to keep other people alive. Right, cities rely on fields of preserved time in order to actually sustain people right the entire world acts in slow motion outside of these fields and the world is kind of developed around it and adapted to it but that doesn't mean that it's the way things should be
2: right like the planet is already slow dying and just made it go slower
4: but like but like who are we to like get involved the way we are way we have i don't know
0: i'm kind of like having a second thought you know what i mean Oh, I'm glad that you are, uh, Fred, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's me. Well, what? I share your perception of this. I, I agree. There's no reason for uh, outside forces to influence this. I'm currently trying to fix this as is, but yes, it is correct to say that the normal function of time here is a little bit out of line. I completely acknowledge that, and I agree. Um. In fact, I can show you exactly how this all started, if you'd like, and maybe that can help give a better picture and more food for thought. Because I think if you were to see exactly what happened, you might be more in line, thinking the same as Fred here and myself, that this world still has opportunity. Oh, uh, I mean, I got no problem with that, but like, guys, what do you think?
2: I mean, uh, I mean... On the one hand, we set things the way they're supposed to, and as mentioned, when Captain McGold and I over here showed up and uh you know, elaborated that, yeah, the the world is effectively dying, it's just being slowed down, but so it would definitely contribute directly to the death of one world, but maybe is there's there's a reason for it at least, right? It's not just some weird personal pet project, I assume.
0: I don't know the reason, do you?
2: I mean I mean, you're the one who did it, aren't you? So, like... You mean
0: pausing this? Right, yeah. in line? Well, yes, so that the end wouldn't necessarily be inevitable for this world.
2: Right, but in proxy, I think you fail to realize is that it's also affecting things outside of it. Like, other timelines are getting all kind of ins because of this. Mm.
0: That's a good word, man. Thank you. That is a pretty good word, yes. Um... I understand that there are outside forces that are impacted by our decisions here, by our uh, function, but again, let me just show you exactly what I'm currently preventing. Uh, and for a second, you see uh, Edel's hand waves in front of their face, and as it does so, you Environment warps. Everything around you changes shape for a moment as you are all teleported or transported through time. Fred, you recognize this new environment that stands before you. It's a room, the same room, with which the deal was happening between uh, a figure that was cloaked from the crag, Nuwa, and Fushi. Except in this vision, there's an additional Edel. And you see that the four of you. Uh, stand before this uh, deal happening. And this figure cloaked with a hand outreached with three small saplings. And you see that this figure says, You three hold the power to keep your world from ending in your hands. How c- you keep it alive rest with you. Uh, and then the three of them begin speaking, their voices muddled in the vision, as your eyes lose slight focus. Edel speaks to you as you witness this. Our world was destined to end millennia ago. The ground was caving in. Natural disasters spiked across the globe. Civil unrest and destruction was at an all-time high. There seemed to be no way out. Uh, And the three most powerful of us, myself and these two siblings, tried to come to an agreement or some sort of way to fix things, to keep things from completely destroying itself. And when we met, this figure from the crag gave us an opportunity to keep things going, to keep things alive, to keep the people here from unnecessarily dying. So, when we had that opportunity, we all debated as to what should be done. At the end of the day, all three of us had different choices. But uh, yes, friend. Well, I mean, clearly it was a deal. So, like, what'd you get out of it? It's a great question. They never asked anything out of us, and that's always left me perplexed and paranoid. I'm not quite sure what we may have bargained for, to be quite frank with you. But I have a bit of a hunch, but please continue. The price to be paid for us was nothing compared to the benefits of saving our our realm. Um, So we did. Nua was the first to use her seed. She planted it and used its power to build monuments, city towers of massive proportion stretching out across the horizons. You've been to one of such, the biggest one. Uh, The branches of her tree stretched across the globe and allowed for buildings all across the world to be constructed, um, giving humanity refuge and the ability to try to build upwards and away from their inevitable doom. (sighs) <sighs> Fushi used his centuries later, during a falling out with Nua, and you flashed the scene, the same argument between Fushi and Nua that you had seen, Fred. Um, and people were being left behind in Nua's system, and Fushi saw no reason they couldn't use their powers to give those barely surviving a fighting chance in an unforgiving world. He crushed his seed destroyed it, and unleashed its potential into the world around us, giving hope to those suffering the most for a brighter tomorrow. That was a more abstract use, I would say, of this power. It gave an idea, a perception to the population itself that this world had hope that the systems in place were for their benefit and that there was still a fight to be worth having. That has continued, and Fushi has led this fight uh, against Nua slowly but surely as populations have uprose. Myself, I chose to learn the secrets of this seed, the sapling. Countless experiments over the course of hundreds of years uh, led me to doing something that I basically had no other recourse but to do. I tried everything from... uh, researching the innards, to the exterior, to uh, its effects on the environment around it, etc., etc. And when all else failed, I tasted it. I bit into the sapling of the god tree, and I saw the multiverse before me. And so, for eternity, I have stretched my powers to keeping this world frozen in time, to prevent further decay, and to share my power with those who wish to learn. But I cannot do it in perpetuity. I have needed the help of this artifact, the one before us, and you flash back to the environment that you uh, remember being in this temple.
4: Whoa!
0: Yeah, sorry. If anyone is anyone nauseous, are you guys all right? Everyone's good.
4: Yeah.
0: <coughs> oh, all right. God just give it,
2: friend, I just got these boots. Uh,
0: you see, you see that? Um, Edel kind of just turns uh, uh, their hand in the air and reverses the vomit. Like, where it's not oh. on your shoes, but not in Fred's mouth, and just kind of oh. like, just step away, just just step back. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, right. And then lets it go, and it splashes on the ground. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. well, yes, I, I wouldn't like that either, I understand. Uh, anyways, this artifact is known as the God Horn. It has been passed down from God to God as ages have gone by, and I have claimed it in order to keep this world alive. To keep it from destroying itself. And I imagine in doing so, I have angered the very thing that gave me the power to do so. <sighs> the reason you are all here. So I suppose I just pose a question to all of you. Are you truly ready to doom a world for the sake of these entities you don't even understand? That's like a lot of words, man. Like, yeah, give me a second. Sure, process it, take your time. I have literal ends of it, so, you know. I mean, not really, as you said. Yes, I mean, as long as I have the god horn, I have it, you know, it's... Right, okay.
4: That's very awfully considerate of you, man. You should probably consider some therapy. It would be good to, like, give it out to people, man. There
0: is truly, wow. absolutely no living or undead being who possibly could understand the things that I know and feel. But thank you so much for your concern. Um... Okay. You okay. sound a little, like, angry about it. I don't know. No, no, just trying to place a, just a firm boundary. We don't need to talk about my feelings oh, on this.
1: Truly. I, I, not the time. Right. No, right.
0: no. Not really, that no. was for the therapy circle. Uh, uh,
1: all right. Don't, no, just no. So, I think I'll take a point on this. I learned a very long time ago that good soldiers follow orders. And that i have never once been a good soldier that plenty of people recruit others to fight in their wars without giving those people the understanding of what exactly it is they're doing and that life is kind of entirely a sequence of misunderstandings and misconceptions and people will always fight for their own reasons until they understand more and either choose to continue or choose to stop i walked away i walked away from it all and then i found myself another servant once again, serving some kind of idea I didn't truly understand. I don't know what the consequences are of doing what you have done. I've only been informed that they are bad. And I have placed my trust in this because I have had nothing else to place my trust in. I do not wish to see your world destroyed. And I understand, or at least I hope I understand, from what you've said, that that you wish the same. So I want to ask you, you have endless time As you say, and you have all this power, and have you tried to figure out any solutions besides just pausing things?
0: Yes, I have. Um, I would require the powers of both seeds other than mine, one of which was destroyed, but I can possibly go back and stop from being destroyed if I have the one that was planted control of that, uh... That is much more difficult, as Nuwa is about as powerful as I am. Given my current state of uh, pausing the rest of the world, uh, if that makes sense, I, I use a lot of my energy just to keep this world from dying. So in my current state, I don't think I have any opportunity to get Nua myself. However, if she was out of the picture and I had the opportunity to harness the power of that tree that has been planted, it is possible that I can rewind this entire place and its people back to a place where things worked better, where there was enough resources, nutrients, life, less... um, horrendous things happening in the day to day it would basically give us a hard reset but carry on with all the history that we had if that were to make sense as, as if we are going to an entirely new world almost
1: so two things i want to say all this time spent and your best solution to the problem still requires at best it incapacitating and at worst killing someone who is still only trying their best, which is not great. And two, a hard reset, as you put it, does not stop things, right? And things will progress down the path of destruction on their own over time. That is the way of things. For existence to have meaning, there must also eventually be a lack thereof why would you not stop it the next time it happens? Or the time after that?
0: I would.
2: What, an endless cycle of restarts?
0: Yes. The average population doesn't need to know this. The, you know, generations will go by. Hundreds of them, thousands of them, before another restart will be required. But I'll still be here. I'll still have the horn. I'll still have the power of Yggdrasil. And I can reset it. Time and time again, as many times as it takes in order for this world to continue to exist. Um, I got, I, I, um, I, 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 had
4: a thought. So, like, you mentioned, you mentioned the, 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 the crag, right? Yes. So, and, and, and you, you like, oh wait, wait, no, no. I was thinking something weird. I thought like maybe the crag has something to do with like maybe things restarting. I don't know. I was, I was thinking things.
0: I. All right. I mean, I if mean, you have an idea, you could share it, but... No, I, 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 I thought about it, and then I was like, no, it doesn't make okay. sense. There, there, Fred. You just vomited, I understand.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, alright. I'm all about things continuing on after they end. In a way that is not necessarily detrimental to the natural order of things. You know, things have a beginning, they have an ending, and then they have a new beginning. And even those have their own ending. Things, doing things without an ending, an endless existence, an endless cycle, as you're describing it, deprives, as Ash said, meaning to anything leading up to it. You know, without, without, to have things just constantly restart, right? I mean, that's maybe less than ideal. Maybe you buy yourself a few millennia time and time again until, what? To what end? I mean, your, you, your world continues to exist at the expense of, what, countless other worlds per, the parallel to it. Where is this energy coming from? Where is it going? It's all of it. It's, there's too many holes in it. There's too many holes in this argument. It's, and, mm.
0: it's, I, I'm getting flustered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I understand the uh, opposition to it. But there, there is still meaning even if things reset time and time again there's quite a bit of meaning maybe not honestly to me if anyone but to those who don't recognize that there's a reset the people in between the billions trillions quadrillions even of lives that could happen that could experience and live
2: the thing though you just said you don't care so what you you reset the universe how many times until what you get bored i you fashion yourself what you become the new god of this place yes i do and then what you keep going until what again you get bored and just never let the clock run out
0: i believe you feel boredom to be something that a god can feel alistair then let's talk practicalities
1: you can't reset the timeline as things are right now you lack the ability to In any way, shape, or form. What you would need is some kind of assistant or some kind of servant to attain that goal, which, as yet, you do not have. So this is entirely theoretical. As things are right now, you have trapped a world in its moment of greatest pain because you are afraid of it going away. You have trapped a world in the moment where it is supposed to die, where if this was a person, their life would be flashing before their eyes. They would be recalling every memory and every hope of better times. You've trapped this world on the brink of destruction. And the people are aware of it. The creatures are aware of it. The world itself is aware that it is meant to die. It is falling apart out there. I don't know what you have seen within this pocket. As you have seen, you see the world out there. Nua created the ability for people to adapt to some degree. To continue surviving, but surviving in an apocalypse like this is not great. And Fushi gave them hope. Theoretically, hope is a good thing. Theoretically, hope is a beautiful thing. But in a moment of apocalypse, when all is meant to have gone, that hope just became the desire to continue fighting each other, to scramble for finite resources in a world that is very rapidly running out of things to provide. People are devastated up there, consistently using each other and fighting each other and scrambling against each other with lives on the line, to survive in a world that is not meant to be because you have paused it in the hope of one day resetting it. And so in avoiding the thing's natural end, you have caused it an infinitely greater amount of pain. You've said that you don't enjoy needless death and that you don't appreciate lives ending where they shouldn't. So I want to ask of you, how do you feel of pain? How do you feel of the pain you have caused with this decision and the pain that you will continue to cause by withhold or by continuing this stalemate of pausing things right before it's all supposed to end rather than just letting it go away
0: mm. you ask how i deal with that that pain that guilt yeah man talk about your feelings
1: no that's not Fred. that wasn't a question
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like alistair's looking incredibly like <laughs> introspective at this moment and like ca- like wipes a tear for personal reasons but, no, this is not. Please.
0: Alright. I, I do not feel guilt or pain. Mm. If that is your question. And it should worry me, but it does not. What worries me is doom, death, the end. Why must it supposed to happen this way? Why is that? Because forces outside of this world decide so?
2: No.
1: It was the world itself that decided so. Like Everything you said...
2: Is- Got an expiration date.
1: Like you said, it was natural disasters, cataclysmic earthquakes. The world tore apart. The world itself decided it was time to end. It was not some higher power. The very world that you, were, that you are deciding to rewind, that you are deciding to pause, that you are deciding to preserve, asked to end things. And you refused.
0: Because I am still alive. And I am still in this world. And of this world. Who are you to say this?
4: Yeah, that was like like my whole thing this whole time. Like, this man's got feelings too,
1: guys. You know where we came from. I do. Do you know why we were there? Yes. So you know that we have all come from similar situations. And you are aware, then, that many of us have felt that same pain. To want to change things. To want to save things. To want even just one extra moment with everything that you lost. I don't know know if you have... You don't know if we have. Then I will tell you that we have. That there is... There are very few things I would not
0: give to go back. And why don't you?
2: There's nothing to go back to.
0: I was thinking you would say that. Let me show you one last thing before you finalize your decision. Fred, you blink. When you open your eyes, you're sitting there. Best friend sitting across from you. Uh Raccoon. And you see Raccoon handing you Half of a broken chocolate chip cookie. He's smiling. This is another great day. Everything is great with your best friend. Hey, heart. Franklin. How you doing? Oh, hey there, Fred. I, I'm doing great. It's You're going to have your half of the cookie? Yeah, man. It's great, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to finish my... <laughs> just devours his half of the cookie rapidly. Just crumbs flying across his face.
4: Yeah, that's right.
0: Ah, that was great. still definitely and Franklin. Fred, in this moment you know that something bad is supposed to happen. Something terrible is supposed to happen. Something is supposed to go wrong here. And there's a moment of suspense as you begin living your life yet again in this world, day by day, as you hold your breath almost, day by day, that you think (laughs) and know the end is supposed to come. And right when you think it is, it doesn't. Franklin and you are still there, Sharing laughs and cookies. And time continues to go by. You know this isn't right, Fred. Day and day in, day out. You know it's not right.
4: Oh, well, this is not what I remember. This is this is this is not this is not what happened. Why is this happening? Why 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 am I why
3: am I still I'm imagining like just millions and millions of pictures just like just being blinked in front of Fred's vision as not is, no famous.
0: No, Fred. That's what I'm imagining. You are living your life here over differently. The world was supposed to end, and you know it was, and you're holding on to that feeling, and you feel like you can let go of this world at any point, that you can let the end come. But you also know, if you don't, that you can live an entire life in your world, happy with your friend Franklin. So I ask you, Fred, how long does Fred spend living in his world before he decides the end is the end
2: that's
3: one hell of a question man
2: <laughs> a little bit uh,
3: I'm I'm gonna honestly I, I really feel like it's a, a 50-50 shot of whether or not he's completely lost in this new reality so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll a die go for it Odd says he wakes up to smell the coffee and even says that he is lost in the cookies a new happiness yeah. that's a 14 so it's evens. That's, um, Fred's, Fred's just happy to be here.
0: Okay. How old is Fred? Fred
3: Fred is, he? he's like a good, I- introspective of human years, he's like a
0: good 38. 38? Right. In turtle. <laughs> okay. Turtle. Mm. Let me just check here. The lifespan of a turtle. So, okay. Surprisingly, Fred, turtles live an average of 50 years. So go ahead and roll me, we'll say like, uh... A d10. right. Let's see. That's a six. Six. Fred, you are 51 years old. You have lived in this world, happy with your friends for 13 years. You remember your time at Yggdrasil. You remember that this wasn't right. But how could you not be happy here, living your life? And we cut from there, from Fred on his deathbed at the ripe old age of 51, cookie (laughs) in hand, drawing his last breath. To Alistair. Oh, God. (laughs) Alistair, the night is a beautiful, wonderful night. One filled with candles, music, ghost-watching. And across from you, laying down as you're looking up at the stars, eating a nice picnic spread, is Caden. This was your first date. And you are just drawing away from your first ever kiss. And in this moment, you feel... Delightful. So much happiness. But you know, just like Fred know, that this is supposed to end. This is something dreadful is supposed to happen. Unthinkable. And the next day comes. And there is no lich. There's no night They don't come. But you continue to go on your dates. You continue to do your job to live your life. Alistair, how long do you spend living this happy life?
2: I think, honestly, it might. Because Alistair still has memories of after, right? Mm-hmm. He's aware of things are supposed to end and from that ending comes a new beginning and I think the moment that that lit the tomb does not open and all hell breaks loose is when Alistair
0: comes to terms with it and breaks himself off we cut from there and we get to you Ash hmm. and Ash yours yours is just as simple maybe as Fred's if not even more so you remember and are living this life yet again from your old world and You're staring down at a bowl a bowl that is almost empty as you feel your stomach mostly full a bowl of rice it's not much but this pair of farmers in front of you this couple they don't have much to give but they decided to offer you what they could even in times where their next meal may not be guaranteed and they let you sit down and share a spot at their table in their home and this is the warmest nicest memory right before things went to hell for you and you feel, just as the others did, something terrible, awful, unspeakable is meant to happen the next day. What does Ash do? Does Ash continue living this happy life and finding the simple kindness in day-to-day people, their new life? Or does Ash let go?
1: I think Ash is, to build a little bit of a fuller picture, Ash is in this moment emaciated. Even having gorged himself on just one bowl of rice his skin is sunken and sallow his eyes are recessed into the back of his skull he is desolation incarnate and a a quick pan around the room reveals his sack which is a torn and tattered old military bag that is lumpy and misshapen and when Ash stands from the, st- the chair and slings it back on his back, it rattles with the clanging of scrap metal. And there is no dragon around Ash. Uh, Ash kind of, in this moment, reaches into his pocket and pulls out kind of the only gift he can give, which is one of his, at this point, four remaining edinues, uh, and and hands it to the farmers and kind of just looks at them and says, "'I don't have much. This detects noise.'" It can be an alarm. It can be a, a, a medical thing if you need to find an issue in a body somewhere. That's all I can give you. And walks out of the house. And as he does so, he kind of pulls from his pocket something which uh, you might remember from the first arc. The core of Daedra is the little, like, smoldering stone. Ash is companionless in this moment. He has three little spider robots left he has a golem that does not have a body anymore his son is dead and in pieces in his backpack and ash knows something terrible is about to happen in the same way that he knew something terrible was about to happen in the moment that he felt this ash continues to walk on mechanically at this point he has multiple levels of exhaustion he's been walking for days without food with barely any water And as soon as he eats, he stands back up and he keeps walking. Not to something, but away from something. And he doesn't change anything. Ash is alone. He is alive, but there's nothing for him to live for. And he keeps
0: walking and waiting. And as you continue your walk, your gaze reaches the horizon as you find yourself standing yet again on the pavilion with your companions. But there is one key difference. Alistair, you close your eyes and let go and find yourself standing there next to ash edel and fred and fred you spent 13 years in this world go ahead and add plus one score to wisdom intelligence or charisma your choice because you grew up in an old age and you gained some (laughs) some wisdom intelligence or charisma you can choose one and then you're okay. gonna take 13 d4 psychic damage <laughs> as you are rocked back to reality. Wow. Okay. You're uh, actually kind of lucky that turtles have a short lifespan. <laughs> God. You take 33 psychic damage as your fake life hits you like a ton of fucking bricks in the dome. You your reality shatters in front of you for a moment as you are reeling in from the pain of undergoing an entire lifespan that was not meant to happen to you how's fred looking
3: fred's knocked down
0: you two see fred collapses eyes nose ears mouth bleeding he's unconscious you see edel goes oh that i honestly wasn't trying to do that that's bad uh Ooh, oh, now you see
1: the ramifications of going beyond death. And Ash drops to one knee and is going to cast Cure Wounds on uh, Fred. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, Fred heals a nice 11 HP. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's very nice. It's a very nice very heal. Very nice.
0: Very uh, nice heal. Yeah. Um, you see Adele speaks to you and says, well, I suppose only one of you may now recognize my perspective of things. The two of you Truly, are to your word. I see that you stand by your principles, and for that, I respect you. But if you are to get in the way of this world continuing on, I will not allow it.
2: Alistair is just standing incredibly still, just very faintly. Like, you can see, like, his knuckles have gone just blanche white as he's like digging his nails kind of into his palm, tears streaming down his cheeks. He's like, with all due respect, Go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit what you think anymore. At all. Nor do I give a flying fuck what your plans are. Because what they are doing is spinning in the face of the natural order of things. Things are meant to end, and from the ending comes a new beginning. Not a reset, not a restart, not a redo. There's no such thing as extra lives. You don't dare play upon my emotions like that.
0: I'm sorry you interpreted things this way. Everyone, roll initiative. <laughs> oh,
2: yippee!
0: What was you gonna say, Alistair?
2: I again, just a big old fuck you, and I was gonna <laughs> just hurl an Eldritch Blast at his fucking face. But at this Ooh.
0: point, hostilities are pretty well known to be on their way, so he's yeah. he's ready for it. Uh, go for it, guys! <sighs> quick, quick uh, check in though. Are we all okay? Everyone okay here? We're all we're all present. Everyone's good.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah no yeah,
0: i'm a, i'm yeah, good i'm good all I'm right good. all right just checking in with everybody no, uh...
1: ash feels better than i know you're talking about me uh but ash feels like just in this moment to describe it because like that it, it is also a reflection of how i feel at like ash as he is healing fred it is his healing isn't magic he's an artificer so he's getting down he's bandaging him up and there's a look of genuine surprise on his face as he sees bone come down his shoulder Because even had he lived out that life, Bone never would have come back. Uh, So there's a moment of genuine surprise, and you see just relief and joy in his face. He lost everything, and he's so happy about it. So I'm feeling great. I'm doing it. (laughs) Hey,
0: I love that answer, to be honest. That's great.
1: Oh, I got a seven.
0: I got a total of ten.
1: Because Ash is not the... He's good with a bow, but he's not exactly fast. That bow thing. And uh, 19
2: for Alistair.
1: Damn, now I could go for a
0: bowl of white rice. Yeah, honestly, me too. Anybody else screwing a pork katsu right now? Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Now I am. (laughs) All right. Uh, First to act is Alistair, which thematically works. Yep.
3: Wow. Here
2: we go. Uh... (laughs) Do it. Okay. So I think first, actually, he's going to drop Hexblade's curse uh bonus action uh so he i now score critical hit on 19 or 20 awesome uh, and uh an ideal bonus damage equal to my proficiency bonus and then for my action um i think actually instead of an eldritch blast what i'm gonna do i'm gonna need this dumb weight to uh
0: give me a wisdom save wisdom save yes okay uh it's only gonna be an eight
2: I Alistair looks at him, just the rage seething off of him in dark clouds, and just, you stay right fucking there. As he casts whole person on
0: him. Wow. That's gonna have to be. He's gonna have to. What level is a whole a, uh, person? It's a second level spell. Second level? Are you using a warlock? Or are you using, using the bard? a pack slot?
2: Pack You're slot, using a
0: yeah. pack slot. So it's, it's higher level, isn't it? Uh,
2: no. no because I'm multi-class it's
0: still oh you're multi-classing plot. yeah I'm looking at his sheet and I actually did not put counterspell so that's on me I'm gonna, ah. I'm ah. gonna honor that <laughs> uh, <laughs> he fails and I will say as of right now he is
2: held I turn and just look at Ash with as much like the most grim determination you've ever seen in Alistair's eyes and just get him Ash understands
0: speaking of is it his turn Uh, It would be Adele's turn next. Uh, So I'm going to roll their uh, wisdom save yet again. What's the save? 15. They do beat it. They get a 19. So the whole person prevents him from having a a hit turn, which is massive. You see, um, like, for a second, Adele's still, and you see veins popping in their neck, like, through the fabric. Like, you see, like, just fabric, like, bursting out. As if, like, there's, like, a leakage of power or something, like, coming off of this person. Um, and you see that their image vanishes and reappears a second later. Uh, you see that their eyes are swirling in the opposite direction now.
4: Mm. They've uh, crossed
1: the Prime Meridian. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>
0: oh god! Oh god. <laughs> Get fucked! Uh, that's Edel's turn. Ash, it's your turn.
1: Mm. Just to double-check the meta a little bit. Tom, do you have do you have silvery barbs on this character
2: uh i don't
1: damn
2: yeah how
1: can i make this more likely to occur ah fuck it we'll just do it and see how it turns out ash is going to almost casually kind of walk forward and just say i've lost everything twice and both times it was out of my control and pull the double-bladed scimitar out
0: oh (laughs) let's see how
1: you like it And is just going to go ahead and take some swings, uh, ideally activating the banishment uh, effect from the sword. Oh,
0: fuck. Okay, go ahead and give me the first attack.
1: All right. So, quick mechanical question about this sword. Uh, Do I have to, like, do I land an attack to use the banishment, or do I have to do an action to cast banishment?
0: It is, you have to land the blow to cast banishment, and then they have to save
1: Wunderbar, I have a lot of attacks. Uh, That is a total of 20 to hit.
0: You see that he throws up shield, and as he does, the blade still pierces the arcane barrier as his AC goes up to a 20, Uh, and you land this first blow. So he's going to make a charisma saving throw. Mm
4: -hmm. Ash, what is
0: your spell save? Yeah, what is your spell save?
1: My spell DC is not bad. It's 14.
0: You add plus 3 to this spell save okay can use i use the <laughs> power of this enchantment question yeah can i use in
1: this moment because ash is trying to do something significantly more performative but also because he's you know because this is a lot of his past coming to boil uh would i be able to use saving face to increase that dc even further normally it's only i can only do it on a roll i'm making. i'm
0: I'm gonna say no on this one, just okay. because you're already getting a pretty big increase. Increasing it any further just makes it a little bit too strong, and it's not how the ability works. So you don't
1: want you don't want me to have a, a DC twenty spell save.
0: Yeah, I mean he hasn't even had a turn, so you know, kind of, kind of ruining my big bad guy for a second yeah that's the fun of it look you all right well let me make the roll first all right
1: career dms we know the pain of having our big bad go down (laughs) in one turn because of some bullshit the players cooked up all right roll your save DC i'm
2: rolling
0: it i'm rolling it (laughs) oh what is it cam what's that face cam is your big bad getting wiped turn one give me a second Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh he gets a six Mm -hmm. Uh i'm seeing if he has a spell He does not have the spell. (laughs) So you see, as the scimitar lands with him, he looks at it, and you see his eyes meets the uh, wooden part of the scimitar. As you activate the banishment, the powerful banishment enchantment on this sword, the blade gets covered, encrusted in Yggdrasil's power, and as you land this blow from and for Yggdrasil on someone abusing its powers for their own benefit, you feel a reverberation, as if what you are doing is being is being positively looked at by the multiverse, by everything, everywhere. And you feel that power push through that arcane barrier as it meets his shoulder blade, and cuts deep towards his heart. A warp happens as he's sucked into the blade, and the blade itself pops out of existence from your hands. And instantaneously, all of you feel reverberations in the ground below you. The sky, through the volcano's upper part, through the smoke itself, you see turns into a dark red The horn in your hand, the gears break instantly. The horn itself holds its structure and is still an artifact to be held. But you see the world around you begins to glitch as things vanish entirely from existence. It's not even blackness left. You don't know what it is. It is nothingness. As the world around you begins to itself collapse, it is collapsing in of itself You see, as this happens, uh, Fred, you hear this voice that you heard before echo in your ears. The voice of Yggdrasil say to you, This world is beyond my grasp. As it did before. And you realize, getting out of here may be more difficult than you may assume. Uh, You spot, first of all, let me see, give me a perception check for everybody.
3: Fred is on the ground still, mind you. He never got up from the whole up. thing. You've just been
0: having an epiphany this whole time. You I'm
3: literally on the ground after getting He's also knocked very the fuck out.
2: Suddenly an old man, so you might have yeah. a hard time getting up. He hasn't him. aged. Yeah. He hasn't oh, aged. Okay. Very Let suddenly an old man.
0: And also, by the aged. way, a turtle. He's just on his back. Eh, eh, yeah, just like eh. trying to flip side yeah. to side the whole time. You didn't even get to see the big bad guy vanish.
3: You just don't know well, what happened. No, I know what happened because I was looking at Everything happening because he was uh, Fred was looking up at Ash as you know he comes to right and just sees uh Ash just walk over him, you know, in like this protective manner. So that's that's what that's where I'm at, but I'm still on the ground, so I'm like, <laughs> All so right. for perception checks, I got yes. a net 20.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> my god,
3: I'm rolling mine at a disadvantage because I'm on the ground.
0: <laughs> sure, it's an eight, two net 20s. Okay. Yeah, Uh, I got an eighteen. Eighteen. So (laughs) with an eighteen you spot this as well, Esther. But uh Ash, Mm -hmm. you have a crystal clear perspective of things right now. You have never felt as sure of yourself as you have landing that blow. You feel almost like the the world itself is thanking you. And your gaze almost not even of your own volition naturally lands on a gateway. That gateway is back across the jungle. You spot it just from where you are, hundreds of feet away. In between you and that exit back to Yggdrasil is a jungle full of monstrous creatures and space that is vanishing before your eyes. Unpredictably. But you feel the force of countless worlds backing your stride. And you begin your steps towards this exit. And this is how this is going to happen, because I kind of had an assumption that my big bad would get banished in this way. Oh, how could you have guessed? <laughs> I had some mechanics in place, because I figured this would go pretty quickly. So <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> here's what's Yay! going to happen.
0: We're going to keep our initiative count, and we're going to be making a break for the exit. Um, the person taking lead in this uh, probably is going to be Ash with the natural 20. However, the first person to act is Fred. So Fred, you get up at, I assume at this point. I do. Half your movement, and yeah, you yeah. spot the gateway based off their uh, everyone else's uh, spotting of where it is. Um, and you all begin to make a break for it. Fred, you're first to act in terms of trying to get hundreds of feet across this jungle. So to do so, uh, you may use an action to dash, but if you do so, if there are any rolls that may come up, you're going to roll them with disadvantage. If you go at normal speed, you will have advantage, or not advantage, you will have a normal roll. If you were to go at half your movement speed and take things slow, any trials that you come up against, you're going to have advantage in terms of saving throws. So, how fast is Fred running? Um, Well, DM... Firstly, uh, sure. Fred, Fred would
3: like to look through like the 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 sky hole, right? Sure. In this uh-huh. like jungle, and see if he could see the ship that was supposed to be like waiting for our signal. Uh, give me another perception check. That's um. Hold on.
0: That's gonna be where is this? That's gonna be a dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. You see up in the ship, like the sky, where the ship was. Uh, there are patches of non existence that are covering it. You see, um, just through like smoke and, and like, you know, the just like the red sun above you right now, it's hard to make out people on the ship because it's so far away. You do spot some of the ship that is, seems to be falling down from the sky. So the ship is falling. And parts of it are missing, yes, in nothingness. So
2: much for their two weeks
0: vacation.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh. well. They they probably could have guessed that it wasn't happening.
4: Yeah. All right. Well. All right. Um. Guess there's no time like
0: the present. Uh. Fred, just uh. Go forward normally. So a normal pace. Cool. So you yeah. start moving. Uh. And we go back to the top of the initiative. Alistair, how fast are you running through this?
2: Oh shit, guys. Shit. Fuck. There's traps on the stairs still. Um. Fuck. oh the dm forgot to consider it
0: no i i did consider it i just wouldn't think you guys remembered danger i (laughs) I literally spent the whole past 45 minutes climbing up
2: them god damn
0: it
1: (laughs) Uh oh trust me i definitely remembered them
2: could we theoretically slide down because like okay my understanding we got step pyramid that are like the giganto guys and then there's like the slidey ramps like down the sides and then with the stairs in between Yes. So there's actually flat platforms on the side that are still pretty steep. Indeed. Alright. Um, I think safest bet. Let's go down the slide. Um Ooh. Alistairs. Just right. Rest of you coming. And he just mm. wipes like one last tear as he uh just starts moving. Um regular speed. Sure. I think. Uh and he's going to attempt to uh slide down the uh the ramps on the side of the stairs.
0: Alright, Alistair. I'm gonna need to get a dexterity saving throw. Right, uh, 17. 17. So as you are sliding down this uh, slide, I guess, basically, uh, of the staircase, uh, there are like some rough patches. You're kind of bouncing a little bit, um, and you're trying to maintain speed control because you see parts of reality next to you, above you, under you in some parts where you have to jump over are completely vanishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are able to uh properly make your way down this uh slide and start heading off um past waiting if you'd like for your companions but you make it down this slide no issues. Uh, uh
2: yeah uh no I think he's gonna wait and then um just use I guess part of his action then to um will back into a sword form mm-hmm. uh for traversing jungle because quarter staff probably not the best bushwhacking implement. What?
0: No way. Yeah, it's it's in it's not in the top five. Yeah. Definitely not in the top five.
2: Number four.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Number oh <my> four <laughs> double bladed scimitar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy?
4: What? Or is it
2: right. Um okay, Fred, you saw what I just did. Yeah. He's like just calling up. I need you to do Exactly that and I give Fred bardick inspiration. <laughs>
0: the turtle slide. Well
4: the yep. <laughs> like yeah, on a man. shell Yeah, <laughs> man. Just just don't fuck it up, please. <laughs> uh no promises.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, That's my turn. Great. Moving on to Ash. Ash, what are you doing? How fast are you moving? I have two questions Short. before
1: I start. One, the double bladed scimitar vanished, you said? Completely completely gone okay so i will remove it from my inventory there it is it's gone uh question number two i am holding the conch shell in my hand yes yes and this thing infinitely replicates stuff that is put into it correct okay
0: does well i should specify as far as you are aware with your natural 20 uh it seems that spells and arcane workings magics are the things that can infinitely flow out of it Cool. So we have canonically
1: established that Ash casting Branding Smite is because he's an Artificer. It's not a spell. It's him. If, if he uses it with his bow, it's him lighting a firework and firing it. Would I be able to theoretically fire a firework into the cog shell so it infinitely fires fireworks back out and create an artificial jet engine? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! You gotta ask. I gotta say yeah. <laughs> oh my god. If you want to make a jet engine out of this artifact, you absolutely may. Wonderful.
1: Ash is going to cast Branding Smite, fire an arrow from his bow, (laughs) launch it into the conch shell, hold it, slide down the ramp after Alistair, and roll off onto the trap that launches him into the air. So Ash gets launched into the sky with the jet engine and starts flying across the jungle.
0: Holy shit. Okay. Um... (laughs) And let me gather my thoughts as to what the fuck you have to roll for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say an athletics check to hold on. Okay. And then sure. if you are able to, then a sleight of hand in order to have any control of this thing whatsoever. Yeah, wonderful.
1: Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and roll athletics. Go for it. That's a total of 18 on athletics. I wanna... I'll, t- I'll keep an 18.
0: Okay, 18, you're able to keep your grasp on this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead and give me a sleight of hand check to see how well you can control it. I'll have got giving you Bone give advantage. Hardcore. Bone's giving you
1: advantage, trying to give you a good grip. It's a total of 17 on the higher one. I'm going to go ahead and use saving face to bump oh, that up to a 20.
0: Shit! Okay, 20 is what you really needed. <laughs> with a 17, I would make it so you wouldn't crash into stuff, but with a 20, you, I will say... uh now currently have a flight speed uh, of a jet engine. So you're going to be flying. I love artificers! I'll say you're flying. I'll give you a 90 feet flight speed uh, as you're flying through the air. And I also,
1: as an object interaction, toss down a rope for my friends to grab.
0: Oh my God! Is that
1: a, <laughs> is
3: that a dex throw, a saving throw? Is that what's happening? Um,
0: well, to grab onto a rope is probably going to be an athletics check to whoever grabs on. Uh, <laughs> I assume the first person mm-hmm. that's able to grab on here before you start blasting away is going to be Fred. <laughs> uh, Fred, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, man that that um that that
4: looks like it's going to work.
0: Let me uh, let me let me grab on. Oh my god, we've gone full circle. Fred's going on a fucking rope flying through the air again. Oh my god. As it began, so shall it end, Cam. Were you on the mast too above him when that happened? Oh my god.
1: I think that time, that first... No, I was on the mast during the fight with the splinter. Yeah, with the splinter,
0: with the splinter. That
1: time I was fully horizontal on the deck, shooting arrows between my legs.
0: Right. Oh my god, Okay. Uh Fred, you go for the rope. Give me an athletics check.
3: All right. So that's gonna be a fourteen, but I'm gonna use the Bardic, right? What what was the D six. D six. All right. Uh that's gonna be a total of fifteen. Oh. If knows what she needed. <laughs> yeah!
0: Oh, you my need. God. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good luck, Alistair! As we rocket into
1: the sunset. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> no, you can still grab the rope. It's 50 feet.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll say that you can fly down low enough. Uh, you see, Fred, you kind of climb up a little bit to give Alistair some room to try to grab it as you guys fly by. I'm going um, to
3: like, help Alistair like, with an outstretched hand, if at all possible.
0: Sure, yeah. You can use an okay. action to give uh, help action to Alistair. Uh, Alistair, do you see this rope fly past you um, <laughs> with Fred with an outreached hand towards you? Um, <laughs> give me an athletics check if you like to try to hop on this crazy
2: train. <laughs> Argument. Could it be an acrobatics check? As I try to make some dexterous jump for it. Oh, you want to make it look fancy? Mostly because I have a better bonus in acrobatics than I do in athletics. <laughs> yeah, and we're
0: asking you to jump onto a moving airplane. Yeah, so here's the problem with acrobatics. Um, I'm going to say you can, but you'd have to grab onto the ropes with your legs. Oh, some <laughs>
2: Cirque du Soleil shit. Got you, it. you gotta go full <laughs> Cirque du Soleil because um i mean they'll clear my hands up for hacking and spellcasting it's fine um <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> fred's giving the help action right yeah <laughs> ankle. literally trapeze artist full trapeze artist so bard, it makes sense so alistair is yeah. just like all right help, help, and just like <laughs> gives like a running and then starts like like summer like p- vaulting over himself uh, that is a 14 with the help uh, action with the help action. The of uh, the first roll was a nat one. So <laughs>
4: Well that definitely helped.
2: Um, thank he- thank heavens for the help actions as he just jumped bu- oh, up okay. and like kind of makes like a acrobatic leap, uh hoping to get grabbed. Uh so
0: okay.
1: yes. Is, uh, this is more this is more bullshit. Um oh, but
0: God. we're but, already so far in yeah. the bullshit.
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs> we Ash has Gift of the Gem Dragon, uh, which when used, has the potential yeah. to force things back 10 feet. Uh, could Ash have Bone like clamber down, blast the rope with the force, and knock it into Alistair's hand to give some kind of little bonus to bring him just over the edge?
0: Only because bonus is funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. How much damage does that do, generally speaking? It uh, does 2d8 force damage. So roll that damage. (laughs) What is this? 12 points of force damage. Alistair, if you're willing to take 12 points of force damage... I will take it. I
2: got 6 temporary hit points. Um...
0: You get blasted with this force as Bone launches this uh, pulse out at you, launching back Fred and the rope uh, for you to lock your legs around. <laughs> it's just like, buddy! And you get the worst rope burn of your fucking life because it oh. goes somewhere you don't want a rope burn. Oh. Fox,
2: so much. Thank you for oh. not leaving me behind, but this sucks so hard.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> you're flying through the sky parts of the sky are disappearing. You guys are going extremely fucking fast.
2: Wait, before uh, my turn ends, uh yes. can I bonus action? All right, Ash don't kill us. Uh, my last bardic inspiration.
4: Sure. <laughs> I'm
0: trying. So there's going to be uh, you have good control over this, Ash. So I'm going to say you're, you're not going to need to make saves, but you're going to need to make skill checks to see how bad the saves are going to be for the people oh. riding down oh, below. Oh, no. oh,
1: That's fuck. fun. Oh, uh, y'all Karen. better hold on.
2: Well, Karen, so in this moment, you've activated my trap Trapcon.
0: Oh, shit! <laughs> Tom, <laughs> too! Tom, Tom, was with me this whole time!
2: Oh! I activate oh harpy's feather duster and erase all magical effects from the fields. Um, <laughs> oh the battle doesn't God. end.
0: The fireworks go off. Uh, they stop going. But um, time your, continues to move on. Your sword ceases to exist. Um, <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> the, the non-canon Yu-Gi-Oh! episode is over. We can continue with the actual Okay, episode. great. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, why does the Yu-Gi-Oh! episode make more sense than us flying above a jungle on a jet engine with <laughs> airwork rockets?
0: Um, yeah, as the world is disappearing around you, yes. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so, Ash, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to let you give me an argument as to why this shouldn't be a sleight of handshake if you don't want this to be. Otherwise, okay. it's going to be a sleight of handshake.
1: Okay, uh... I have proficiency with land vehicles. No. Um,
0: uh, <laughs> I have proficiency um, with jet engines. Uh, no. I, I, think- I would allow land vehicle proficiency to play a role in it. Oh, really?
1: Because I, I, I was going to make a similar argument where I was going to make an argument to use Tinker's tools with this, saying that Ash is, like, as they are flying, just pulling shit from his bag and, like, actively crafting shit onto the horn to try and form some kind of actual controllable engine out of it Ooh. as they are flying so I was going to ask to use like a tinkers tools to do this
0: oh interesting um well yeah yeah we'll say give me like give me a tinkerer tools check Let, let's see intelligence plus proficiency here with with a bonus from bone <laughs> with a bonus from bone sure you yeah. can you can give it help with action advantage. from bone Always. <laughs> I love familiars so much they're pretty, They're massive <laughs> I miss rats and, soon. Oh, that's and a soon. 19
1: on the higher one
0: 19. Uh, you're able to craft like a stabilization type of thing here so that you're not like just going all over the place Um, and you kind of get like these handlebars set through it uh, as they like lock onto place and so you're kind of like holding on like it's a zip line.
1: No, Ash is riding it like a witch's broomstick.
0: Okay. <laughs> riding this little conch just, shell. The, yeah, it's small. I do have to just yeah. remind everyone. So It looks like fireworks uh, are bursting out of your ass.
1: Uh, Writing is not the (laughs) right word. Have you ever been to the park where they have like those those exercise centers at the park and they have like that thing where it's just two metal bars like elevated next to each other? Have you ever like gone on one of those, put a hand on either bar and saw seen how long you could hold yourself above the bars with just your with just your arms? Ash is doing that on the conch shell, So he's just like holding no, just... he's doing like the most potent tricep dip ever on top of this cock shell.
0: Okay, give me an athletics check now on top of it.
1: <laughs> just to make it fancy, eleven.
0: Um <laughs> You're you're like you're shaking. It's a lot of fucking. It's It's hard. It's a hard workout. You're gonna be exhausted after this for sure.
1: I should have stretched.
0: Yeah, you you do feel like a muscle kind of like grip a little bit. It's not good. Um, as you're flying through the air, uh, (laughs) a 19 to stabilize the horn helps a lot. So here's what's gonna happen. Uh, I'm gonna need dexterity saving throws from uh alistair and fred and you guys uh this dc would be normally a 14 because you guys are flying super fast it gets increased by three and mm-hmm. then it gets subtracted by another three back down to 14 Okay. so give me okay. dc 14 dexterity saving throws to not fall into nothingness
2: all right 18 on the die for
0: 23 oh uh, uh- Hey, Alistair, how you doing down there?
4: My Just um...
2: peachy. I got rope burns on my thighs, but it's fine.
4: Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's like a little, little it's rivers a thing... of blood like, in the air. It's a good thing that my arms are working with a dirty 20. Oh, <laughs> oh wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you scared me.
1: <laughs> Fred, it's a good thing my up. arms are working. Fred immediately vanishes. The, the middle section oh. of the rope is gone. Alistair falls into the
0: jungle. We're gets fucked. immediately unveiled oh,
2: upon a triceratops. Ugh.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
0: <laughs> All right. Oh my god. So, at the end of that round of things happening, uh, Alistair, you're kind of like trying to swing yourself back and forth, and you feel like something starts. Uh, what kind of hair does Alistair have? Just so I know.
2: I'm actually, Mohawk. fairly short, kind of um, undercutty, um, medium length. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: So, Um, you definitely feel this as it's extremely, since your hair is so short, uh, as your hair gets pulled by two small, like, paws. And you look down and you see the monkey that you sent to go fuck with the Triceratops is hanging onto your head (laughs) as the Triceratops is charging behind you guys, uh, trying to catch up. Uh, You see the monkey just kind of shrugs.
2: Ugh, all right. Um, I do my best to kind of tuck the monkey in. I mean, I'm hanging upside down at this yeah. point, so, like, I do my best to kind of tuck the monkey in, and I'm just, um... I'm gonna need the Triceratops to make a wisdom save.
0: Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's an eight.
1: Use uh, a vicious mockery on this Triceratops? No, command. <laughs> oh,
0: uh, <my> God. Flee. <laughs> See, the Triceratops, like... Eye, like eyes go <laughs> super wide, and it just turns around and runs into nothingness,
2: yeah, and then like I then take the monkey, like kind of like hold the monkey out and make eye contact, like <laughs> presumably both upside down, just you're one very lucky primate, you know that he just, nods tuck him back my, just tuck him back into my <laughs> armpit <laughs> like,
0: you you see um you, like you feel football? like yeah, you feel like a pat on the back. <laughs> You, you, all, touch- you watch <laughs> all six, and I'll keep walking forward. He wiggles his button appreciation. If you don't
1: touch down Spike that monkey the moment we make it through the gate, I'm going to be disappointed.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to need uh, another check from Ash as you're piloting this contraption. <laughs> okay. Uh, what skill check do you think is fair?
1: Uh, mm, Can I not use the same Tinker's Tools check?
0: To like further stabilize it, or to yeah. gain like more leverage. Ash's
1: biggest focus at this point is steering away from the pools of nothingness and keeping the keeping the parable dome alive. Of course.
0: Yeah. Um. I will say then, why don't you go ahead because you are feeling guided from the multiverse? Mm. Uh, give me a perception check with advantage to find a correct route or an investigation check.
1: Ooh, not great. Uh, it's a total of nine.
0: Nine. Okay. So, with a nine, there's not going to be a benefit to you guys in this next saving throw. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a strength saving throw from Alistair and oh, from Fred.:
1: oh no. oh, no.
0: Alistair? <laughs> Alistair, you have advantage.
2: Because <laughs> the monkey me. gives you
0: the help action.
2: Well, great. I mean, that's still a minus one. Oh.
1: <laughs> you Don't worry, you'll crit. Check this out.
0: I will say Bone has a as a free help oh, action to give out.
1: <laughs> oh yes. I will I've I forgot about that. Bone will use their action to go and help Fred and will also be on the rope, ready to use the telekinetic blast again to steer like an emergency brake if need be. But so Bone will give oh. Fred the help action for now.
0: Right. Okay. Eli's freaking out. You y- you can speak. It's an audio podcast, Eli. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: so, so my first
4: rule. That was, a, that was a two.
0: No. And then, uh, oh, no.
4: And then uh, my, my second roll, it, it was a four. For oh, a, tortle, a For a it's a four. It's a seven.
0: It's a seven. Okay.
4: It's a seven. Alistair?
2: Okay. Well, my first roll was a three, uh, which okay. is a four minus one. And then thanks to my little simian friend, that was a natural 20.
0: Oh, oh my no. goodness. Oh, my God. Okay. So here's what happens. Oh, uh, you see, um, coming up ahead of you, a tree. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the rope slams against the tree. Oh. Fred, you're gonna be taking some damage here.
1: Oh, oh. No. it's you gonna take... be taking a jet engine amount of damage.
0: You only take four bludgeoning damage. Oh. Only four.
2: Oh, I, I rolled extremely badly. What eleven?
0: That's Aww. very lucky. There's a very high <laughs> chance that you'd go down from this. and uh, just let go of the rope. <laughs> oh but God. you see that as the tree comes by, the monkey like wraps its tail just enough to swing Alistair and you like just outside. Oh, uh, as you like spin the rope and twist it underneath this like rocket that's going off. And the monkey just kind of like over your shoulder, just like puts his head back and smiles like that's. Oh, I like you monkey.
1: <laughs> On an AT20 does another monkey appear? <laughs> uh no. Oh, no. You're limited
0: one monkey. You get one monkey. I, Dang. I
2: like it. monkey. I like you. You you can stay.
0: You my monkey monkey. You see that he really likes the, like the name Lucky. You just really he's like ah right, yeah all
2: right yeah Lucky Lucky the monkey this is fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of a dope name just like a <laughs> the a little bit uh, as you fly through this devastating apocalypse um, oh my God so <laughs> this is just Wednesday it's fine <laughs> uh, we continue this is going to be the final roll from Ash Ash mm-hmm. go ahead give me one final roll what would okay. you like to do in order to get you guys through that gate
3: um before ash does the roll is it mm-hmm. possible for fred to cast a spell called enhanceability
0: yeah for sure
3: yeah cuz um uh, i don't know ash what what um what what are you, what are you feeling about doing i'm i'm just i'm a, i'm gonna do the thing
1: i'm thinking at this point ash is mostly worried about the landing so it's a lot of trying to hold the conch in exactly the right position to, like, negate the fall as much as possible and land safely. So it's going to be a lot of just him using raw strength. So I think it's going to be athletics.
3: That's mm. right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're going to do... We're going to do that. The bull strength. I'm going to cast enhance ability. Awesome. And what does that do? Advantage on strength checks. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All
1: right. So that saves Bones help action for somebody else. wheat. That's a total of 22.
0: 22. That's real good. Uh. So... Here's what happens. As you start, like, basically taking the brakes and trying to, like, angle this thing properly so that you're not, like, flying straight at it. You're, like, spinning it around a little bit to slow you guys down, but, like, also trying not to turn. It's hard. Uh, you're really trying to grip this thing with your uh, arms as you're doing this big arm press on top of this thing. Um, your Superman, like, strength pose, I guess. Uh, yeah, I
1: don't know. As you're twisting
0: and turning. Um, a geyser of fumes bursts from the ground in front of the, uh, the doorway that has opened up. So we're going to need constitution saving throws from Alistair and from Fred.
1: And Ash Bone is going to give the help action to Fred, because I think Lucky is giving the help action to Alistair.
0: Yeah. yeah, you see the monkey reaches up, like, puts one hand on his nose and then reaches behind and puts one <laughs> hand on your nose.
1: It's just a monkey finger in your nose. It, it like, <laughs> doesn't just... pick your nose. It's just instant...
0: yeah, He puts Stop. two of
2: his Stop. fingers on your nose. But it's still lucky. Stop it. Well, thank God for that. Um, <laughs> oh, that my God. Was one. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my
0: God.
4: Natural twenty. On the no surface.
0: way! <laughs> this is actually a lucky monkey. This is the luckiest <laughs> monkey of all time. And he's gonna survive an apocalypse. This guy is so nuts.
1: <laughs> monkey is overpowered.
0: The monkey's OP! Oh my god! Well, Alistair, you have a new companion. I don't know what to tell god, you, but yes. yeah, I
1: made a jet engine and I still think lucky is the most broken thing we've done this episode.
2: <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. Um, holy shit. Okay, so another nat 20 from Alistair thanks to Lucky the Monkey. Uh, Fred, what did you get with uh, uh, advantage on your con save? Uh, that's going to be a 13. 13. Well, thanks to the very high roll, the DC was a 13. Yippee! Uh, Ooh, shit. <laughs> re- reduced by 4. Down to a 13. So you guys, as you... Yeah, go ahead. Hey, wh-
3: one thing, I just want to add some flavor to this. Um, Absolutely. I, I really think that um it wasn't just, you know, <laughs> Ash steering and, and and all of us in tow. I really think that uh, Franklin kind of came out of, like, the foreground with all of this breakage of, like, time and space and kind of just, like, shielded me a little bit from, like, the, the damage of the geyser. I really think that, that was there in some fashion. Like, just like that. You... Uh,
4: as
0: the geyser hits you you are you don't smell like poison or fumes you embrace the smell of freshly baked cookies and probably trash that the raccoon was eating recently (laughs) uh mixed together for a beautiful flavor Uh. of rotten trash and cookies Uh, hot garbage and fresh cookies like a, the best bakery in New York City, right, right next to a dumpster on garbage day. Best oh bakery God. in New
1: York City that keeps their doors open.
2: Yeah, downwind of the sewage treatment plant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: dying. the best bakery in Jersey is what it smells
2: like.
4: Uh, I can specifically confirm. Patterson I confirm. <laughs> oh my
0: shout out to patterson new jersey shout out,
4: shout out to patterson new, new patterson.
0: jersey <laughs> oh so great middle eastern food i will say all right <laughs> as, as you make your oh way my through my this knife. guys we, so many tears this episode so many tears just just across the board this has it all ladies and gents and everyone in between this is this is it oh my god <laughs> Uh, as you make your way through this noxious gas geyser, uh, monkey's fingers up your nose, and the scent of home filling your nostrils, friend, oh. you successfully, with the feeling that you are doing everything right, ride your friends back through this door. Well, wow, that came off wrong. Ride <laughs> well, ride well. This <laughs> geyser time.
4: No.
2: At least he's not three knuckles deep in us. Like.
0: <laughs> you... Manage to just barely make it through this doorway. As behind you, reality begins to vanish. You have to, in order to do so, basically plot you, the artifact onto the ground, launching you guys stumbling, turning forward, leaving the conch behind you. Mm. Um, as you go riding through the doorway, you all land on a huge cushion of pillows. question. Yes.
3: Can I? Can I? I'm. I'm. I am asking. If I. If I. If I roll a twenty right now, can I mm-hmm. hold on to that rope that was connected to the to, <laughs> to the conch? The shell? Yeah. You
0: want <laughs> Okay. See if you roll in that twenty. If you roll on that twenty, I will allow you to have this extremely overpowered artifact.
1: <laughs> can I get in on this?
0: Um. No. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Damn.
1: Now take see. advantage. Take advantage. From sure, have
0: advantage. Get oh, all right. As a Here treat, <laughs> yeah. Have a treat. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Christ. Uh...
4: <laughs> we we we, we
0: we tried to fight for this,
1: knowing we'd all eventually have to DM this. We This is
0: just universal suffering. If that thing makes you still, still went for it, baby, and oh you still God. went for it. Uh, Yuko stumbling through this doorway. As behind you, reality closes off, Um, the doorway shuts, and you land on a pile of pillows. And you see, standing there at the edge of the pillows, is Yggdrasil, who looks down and says, I took took more feedback other than just the eyeball thing. thing. I heard, you know, uh, Uh, just gestures towards Ash. Last time time you kind of just brushed me off and went straight to bed, so I I think you just have the bed ready when you got back. It seems like it worked out.
1: Very much appreciated.
2: Like, yeah, Alistair is just like fully crumpled, like just kind of <laughs> like like half buried, and you see just one arm, just kind of, hooray,
0: thumbs <laughs> just like up. pop up, just one <laughs> thumbs up, just
2: hooray.
0: <laughs> you see a mon- the monkey's head also does a thumbs up <laughs> out from underneath. Anything from Fred in this last moment here?
4: Fred, Fred,
3: Fred's kind of just like. He's, like, wiping the the excess soot off of his face and, like, just, like, trying to come to. He's just, like,
4: Whoa, man. Um, God, I smelled cookies and I don't have any cookie. Wait! Wait! I got a cookie!
3: And he, like, pulls out a cookie from his back back,
1: and just, you Amazed he hadn't devoured that yet.
0: (laughs) Wait,
2: did that cookie come from the tower that no longer exists?
4: Um yeah
2: oh yeah i suppose that tracks got out before the ended so um right anyway this is my monkey his name (laughs) is (laughs) lucky
0: (laughs) oh you see see, uh nigel strawberry's ghost still there next to you friend
2: (laughs) oh Oh, yeah this is nigel i don't know if the rest of you can see him or not but
4: nope
0: Uh, you see he takes physical form here in yggdrasil as as a ghost uh and he's just like oh well this is uh all right all right, this is better than expected, to be honest with you. Oh, ah, Okay. Good place question for
1: here. question for you, Cam. Where are we right now? Are we like outside? Is it? You guys are
0: fully like outside on Idrisil, visible, just like a collection of like just pillows from different like places. It seems <laughs> like looks like Idrisil just asked people to drop off some pillows here. Um, you see like people are going about their business. They kind of just turn over and then just shrug and keep walking. Um, <laughs> as this is a pretty normal occurrence type of thing on Idrisil. Mm. Uh and you guys collapse there on your pile of pillows, and that's the end of this arc.
1: Before we cap off, uh-huh. I got a question for you, Cam. Can sure. I can I start DMing for my arc, which is upcoming, a little bit early to end us off on a cliffhanger?
0: A hundred percent. Take Whoa. it away. Whoa. Cool oh, what the shit? Evan so his own trap car. Yeah, there shit.
1: you go. So, wait, wait, um,
0: wait, 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 wait. I have to mm-hmm. sign off as DM. Hi, this is, I've, I've been Cameron, your DM. Uh, thanks for listening to my art, guys. Thank you so much. And now I'm passing the torch off to Evan to be your next DM. And now I'm Quincy Q Audrey. All Brent. right.
1: Q isn't here. You're just not a part of this scene. I'm lucky. Uh, monkey. I'm, I'm lucky. He's lucky the monkey. Uh, <laughs> so, next character, Monk Monkey. Um, <laughs> whoa. You guys see kind of in this moment as you are bedded on this pile of pillows (laughs) you see in the far distance the branch or or a branch of Yggdrasil I should say is rustling you see it is just shaking and you can tell kind of by Yggdrasil's reaction as they turn to look at the branch and there's kind of a a, 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 to say a facial expression is not exactly correct for a being such as this but there is a slight shift in the shoulders and in the attitude and in the bearing that you see kind of almost the attitude one would adopt at a wake, which is familiar to you, Alistair. This is the the attitude of someone who is grieving the loss of something. And you see the branch kind of shake as the timeline you all had escaped from starts to end. And then you hear something shifting. The sound of scales rasping across the ground echoes from around the entirety of this plane of existence. You hear a sound that presses into your head and kind of forces into your mind as something beyond comprehension takes action at the demise of a timeline. And your brain can scarce comprehend this as it begins because you just see kind of the outline of something, similarly to how you saw time vanishing from the world that you were in. You see moments kind of click out of existence as something moves beyond comprehension. And then you see a creature kind of phase in, almost passing through nothing, a band of nothing. And then suddenly a head is rising from it, like a whale breaching from the ocean. And you see a massive, almost serpentine figure with an uncountable number of eyes dotting the top of its head, a mouth that splits into segments, innumerable to count, more segments than you could understand, filled with rows and rows of serrated teeth like a saw blade, and beautiful plumes of feathers arcing down its back, this massive snake pushes forward from time, and just bites the branch of Yggdrasil, swallows it whole, and starts to sink back down, vanishing back into nothingness.
0: The monkey shits himself.
2: <laughs> right on my shoulder, You had to do that. I, I had a fucking total puke on my shoes, and now a monkey shits on my shoulder. Uh,
1: I think that's all for now. We'll, we'll just leave it at the giant
0: serpent. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Alright. Alright. Oh, Boy. Well, I was your DM. Now I'm not. Um, <laughs> as that's been oh, passed damn. over to that crazy cliffhanger. Uh, this has been Cam. I hope you guys enjoyed my my arc. Uh, and I look forward to playing in Evan's crazy chaos he has planned for us.
1: Oh, it's just high fantasy. It's that's standard crazy. high fantasy.
0: <laughs> that's crazy.
1: It's the craziest out of all of us that I'm the one returning to standard.
0: I love it. Uh. <laughs> that's why it's crazy. Uh.
1: Yeah, Tom, Tom is thinking about it and it's like, oh, yeah, that is weird.
2: Is, huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. huh? Mm. And uh, else yeah, wanna sign to off? continue signing off. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was Ash uh Ash Junju. I am now your DM for the upcoming arc. Evan. <gasps> It'll be a pleasure to uh to host a game for you three and to provide some entertainment to you the listener.
3: Much snaps. I did
2: three. Continue. More I more or not. I, was, I was, it... was snapping. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh this is Tom. I was Alistair Graves. Um yeah, shit. I had some very real emotions that I'm still processing so,
0: <laughs> sorry Tom moving
2: on to the next one, please
3: so 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 yeah, I mean, along the same lines uh this is this is Eli signing off uh as Fred for a little bit i um I fully thought Fred was dead i uh
2: oh god yeah that was
3: that was like a whole realization, but like i, I really feel feel okay about it because it was just it was just the choices that fred was going to make so it was it was real mm-hmm. yeah uh, you
0: definitely could have been if tortles lived like 10 or 20 years longer than 50 uh <laughs> that definitely could have happened
1: there's something uh, that i dude. like really thematically about well I, we'll talk about it afterwards. yeah
0: after we're
3: not recording yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. All right. you yeah. guys don't yeah. get to listen to that Good luck, everyone. Or or maybe,
3: or maybe later. Who knows? All right. No. (laughs)
0: Keep your head in the cloud.